Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterulo, uh, joined by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? What up, co-hosts? Uh, we're at war, Inva- invaded by Russia. Um, or you would think that from watching the news that America had been invaded by Russia, and we're now at war because, holy fucking shit, um, if ever there was a time... Is that not the case? I... I mean, <laughs> I, I watched the State of the Union last night, and, and it seems like we're at war with Russia, considering how Biden uh, discussed it. But yeah, no, I, I apparently I'm being told that's not actually the case. Well, I mean, Ukraine is the a colony, a territory, um, a, a prefect of the United States, correct? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is, is that that, <laughs> well, I, that... I know you're being sarcastic, but to be fair, since we basically backed the, the 2014 uh, pro-Western coup of Ukraine, they kind of almost are at this point, uh, but not, you know, in the way that you're that you're implying. But yeah, I mean, more or less, they are. We cannot let um, anything not be our fucking business. We are just that right. nosy fucking cunt at work that's just like, what are you guys talking about? What are you talking about? What what's what did I? Would you say what did I hear? Right. I want to know what's going on. Just shut shut the fuck up, America. Go. This doesn't concern you. I mean. Aside from the fact that you basically created this crisis in the first place. Right. Aside from the fact that it's completely our fault, it doesn't concern the the the, the solutions to the problem that we caused. You know, are not our like none of our solutions are solutions there. Yeah. Uh, further, you know, that our solution is to to throw you know jet fuel on the fucking raging fire in the hopes that it'll put it out. But um, yeah, it's just so. It's we're going to talk a lot about the media coverage of all of this. This is the most raging thing that I've had to process in my brain for a long time but in a weird way it's almost like i'm glad i'm glad putin just like fucking invaded ukraine in a weird way because it's just like now these fucking idiots have a real thing to focus on instead of all this fucking make-believe bullshit we've had to come deal with for the last six years you know well, which was all in service of creating a real thing i mean that all, all sure. the the you know i mean that was the whole uh, point of all the rush gating was was to you know and, and <laughs> along with all of our other actual concrete actions that we've been taking in the region we're we're in service of creating you know this flashpoint that we're at right now and you know it, it, it's just it, it's terrifying but it's also like you know i mean they're just running back the iraq's greatest you know the, the iraq afghanistan greatest hits i mean the the the, the coverage of this and the way that the liberal you know slash left quote-unquote media oh, don't you mean neoliberal anthony yes yes i, saw no, I definitely wanted to I saw somebody fucking say that shit today like there's literally the, the fucking batman slapping robin meme actually it's right. neoliberal no it's just liberalism it's just fucking liberalism this is what remember, just the entire liberals used to say, party liberals used to say like when bush lied people died and now liberals say bush is a kind man that loves america <laughs> I love his paintings. <laughs> you know, that's that's Fuck, what they say now. Fucking liberalism. I'm so sick of this shit. This fucking this shit drives me insane. Fucking the White House put out a, a statement on Twitter uh regarding Russia's unprovoked, unprovoked invasion of, of Ukraine. Unprovoked. We're gonna talk about that more later, but that's complete fiction. Very much so. Right. And the the liberal response to the statement that the White House put out uh could be characterized very well by this tweet put out by somebody named Angela Bell Camino Bell Camino and she tweeted out oh the dancing lady she yeah uh she tweeted out draft the unvaccinated 
And some dumb motherfucker who looks like the dad from Get Out tweeted in response, they'd fight for the Russians. And I responded to his tweet and I said, oh, everyone buckle up. The dad from Get, the dad from Get Out has some political opinions to share. And he immediately blocked me. <laughs> I mean, he's got the white oh, beard and the God. glasses, and it's like exactly, you know, like he, he doesn't have a bookshelf behind him like that other dad from Get Out on Twitter that blocked me for saying it. But Bullard, I think, yeah. Like literally every fucking dad from Get Out on Twitter has blocked me after I call him that. Like, they, right. Like, and, they know. We they know. Before, and before we went on air, we were talking about how funny it is that the actual guy who played the dad and get out is also a Twitter dad from get out. Like he's just completely oh, missed know. the point of his I, casting I love, as that character. I love when actors like that get clueless. punked, you know, like Charlton Heston and Ben Hur got totally punked in, into playing a, a, a gay character that he didn't know was gay. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was probably just completely disgusted when someone mentioned it to him. You oh know, like yeah, of on. course. Of course. It was like a huge trick that was pulled on him by uh fucking, remember his name now uh fucking super famous guy i fuck it i can't i can't think of his name at the moment it'll come to me later director no not the director one of the writers he's a famous uh intellectual no um he wrote uh spartacus not ben her anyhow uh so yeah this is this has been just insane watching an eight-year-long conflict be processed by people that think it started last week you know right. and we unfortunately record our show i mean really a 30 a plus year conflict to be fair like a 30 plus year but but yes a, a more more acutely an eight you know an eight plus year conflict so um, we unfortunately recorded our show just hours before this shit hit the fan last week so if you listen to our show last week you'd probably be going like what the fuck are they talking about? Like <laughs> right. Putin's sitting on the border. They fucking, yeah. I, and that's happened a couple times, but I like, I like better when like shit happens when shit pops off, like while we're recording, like the mm-hmm. fucking uh, worse than nine 11, January 6th Capitol riot. Um, we were like, Oh damn, there's a fucking guy shooting bullets in the fucking Capitol. <laughs> right. Uh, that was, yeah, that was pretty wild. That was fun. So but, yeah, uh, definitely worse than nine 11. Don't, Never let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, no, no, for sure. It was it was dad. absolutely worse worse than nine eleven. <laughs> the, the the two magic people that were killed and the two cops that you were. You remember the person that said it was worse than nine eleven because of the potential fatalities could have been worse? <laughs> like what fucking Mobius strip of a fucking brain do you have to think like but you know, I mean, this is like this is the way liberals think, and then it, it, it's a good skeleton key to unlocking how they view every one of these major world conflicts including this this russia ukraine situation yeah. it, it, when you realize that they just don't live in reality they're they're, they're so infantilized in, in a certain <clears throat> way that they they view everything from this this like just idiotic you know west wing uh, you know but but also this tom clancy you know view of, of foreign policy and like it, you know none of those uh fictional portrayals of these things uh have any kind of critical eye towards america or towards the cia's involvement in 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 all of these situations so it it really colors that they they have a real you know infantilized childish worldview of all of these things but well so, and, and it's i mean it's they're bombarded non-fucking-stop by pro-western pro-cia narrative media right, right. and then i want to read off some headlines here um but just just to 
well, I'll, I'll read the headlines real quick here, and then yeah. I'm going to read uh, a, a statement put up by Twitter uh, after that. So I kind of just, I'll browse through like Yahoo News just to kind of, because they aggregate a lot of different news stories from different sites, and it's kind of like a good uh, temp check for like wh- where the just like the mainstream media is um, to Yahoo News is just kind of where I go to. So right. uh, I have the sources for each one of these. I'm just going to read the headlines. These were just a fraction of the headlines on Yahoo News' homepage on the last day of February, February 28th. Uh, first headline, it was a original story from Yahoo News. Here's how you can help Ukraine. Like, <laughs> wait, aren't you, a, aren't you a news site? Right, like, aren't you a news organization? Do you think you are you? Be? What, I, why are you taking a side so explicitly in this conflict? I, you know, I'm not going to comment on every single one of these, but that one just kind of right, like, right, right, right. like, yeah. New York Times, 10 consequential days. How the, how Biden navigated war COVID in the Supreme Court. <laughs> LA Times, Putin's fears of a united, stronger Europe are fast becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Reuters, neutral Swiss neutral swiss poised to freeze russian assets again reuters eu promises further russian sanctions as ukraine as, as ukraine pleads for more more sanctions that is uh afp uh roman abramovich former symbol of russia's oligarchy faces uncertain future like oh rich people you it's they're coming for you too be war rich people uh, People Magazine, heroic Ukrainian soldier died while detonating a bridge to slow Russian invasion, Ukraine military says. Like, I guarantee that story's not even true because we've no. seen how much they fucking lied uh, with this whole 13 soldiers on Snake Island thing that was sounded fake as fuck to begin with and Yo, is, yeah, is still mean, being reported as being true when it turned out it wasn't. Right. Quietly has been. Well, actually, they're all alive, but, you know, it's still it's still a yeah, we'll we'll get to that later because I have a a, we have a bunch of, you know, stories that were clearly, you know, spread around Twitter by like mainstream outlets that turned out to be almost immediately false. And it's not an accident that these things are happening. Yeah. But yeah, keep keep going with the headlines and then we'll get to some. So Yahoo News, Ukrainian soldiers defy Russia in final FU moment. So, again, that story is fake. It was false, and it's still up on Yahoo News as of two days ago. Uh, the week, Zelensky says at least 137 Ukrainians were killed in first day of Russian attack. No mention of uh, Russian casualties. We only, we're only reporting Ukrainian casualties. Associated Press, EU shuts airspace to Russian airlines. will buy Ukraine arms. Like, did, did the EU ban American Airlines uh, flights in and out of Europe when America invaded Iraq and Afghanistan? Without without most of their participation against their, their you know, <laughs> against their, you know, not will, but, you know, I don't know what the phrase I'm trying to look for, but, you know, without their support, uh, yeah, but yet they didn't, they didn't, bre- they didn't, you no. know, ban American Airlines for that massive fucking, you know, imperialist aggression, you know, trying to go into a sovereign country and depose their democratically elected leadership. Oh, this is, um, this is hilarious. This isn't from Yahoo News, but this was, I just saw this last night. Paramount halts release of The Lost City and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in Russia. <laughs> like, oh man, you guys are just straight up bringing the Kremlin to its knees. <laughs> right, everyone's just like, thank you so much. That's one more, like, one more screen Spider-Man can be on this weekend or whatever, you know? Like, like if you're not careful, Russia, we're going to take Mamma Mia 3 off your screen. 
<laughs> like, oh God. Here um, we go again, again. Here we go again, again. <laughs> All right. So a couple the, more here. Um subheader. Uh, Axios, Germany has sent thousands of weapons to Ukraine in major reversal. Yahoo, German parliament gives Ukrainians standing ovation as chancellor announces new measures. AFP, police detain protesters in St. Petersburg as Russia, as Russians rally against Ukraine war. Business Insider, two of Russia's richest billionaires are speaking out against Russian invasion of Ukraine as sanctions slam the country's economic elite. AFP, Ukrainian brewery switches from beer to Molotov cocktails. I love how Molotov cocktails are like suddenly... <laughs> totally okay but if if you or me threw one in a cop car we call terrorists in this country oh they we yeah we've seen it we saw it in ferguson they were calling them terrorists for throwing it at the <laughs> cops that were murdering them and then beating the shit out of them for protesting or, the or, fact or that throwing back a, a, a tear gas grenade throwing it back at the police right was called terrorism and then they killed that guy they killed the guy that threw that they, well they, they murdered him later right he's one of the the many Ferguson protesters that just showed up dead, you know, of apparent suicides in the in the months following uh, and wow. years following the Ferguson protests. And the, Wasn't he? Yeah. Didn't he get hanged? Oh, he, no. Yeah, right. I think you're right. He was one of the ones who were, were like actually publicly. I mean, not publicly, but yeah, lynched basically. Um, and, and I think yeah, and they said to, it, was it was a suicide. I guarantee there is no black person that hangs themselves from a tree. That's just not a thing. That that's not that's not a thing that yeah if you were trying to commit suicide that you would do um considering the the connotations especially if you were somebody who was so in so you know uh, you know fervently against the cops that you were you were on the front lines of a, of a protest yeah that's not something <sighs> yeah. you do um, oh, so just a couple more here the hill veteran interpreter breaks down in tears after Zelensky remarks oh Fox News footage appears to show Ukrainian drone destroying Russian missile system. Russian missile system. Well, I don't even know what that means, but uh, mm-hmm. Yahoo News. Ukrainian reporter sees footage of destroyed flat on TV. Flat meaning apartment building. And says, this building is my home. Oh. <laughs> Daily Beast. U.S. fears Putin will throw mother of all hissy fits if Kiev attack fails. Uh, and the last one. GQ. The improbable rise and endless heroism of Zelensky. I, <sighs> I mean, it's if you thought like the Hadi Avenatti thing was annoying and oh the, you know God. the Cuomo, you know, make your calves cankle, whatever the fuck that shit was. <laughs> like, this is just it's it's just it's this Cuomosexual was was the Cuomosexual. Yeah, it's these it's these fucking like middle aged single white women. They become fixated on some fucking white male politician that they didn't know anything about and they don't know anything about and then just totally, you know, get wet over and then find out he's a terrible person. And in this case, it's, you know, like with Avenatti and Cuomo, they were fucking sex pests. And this guy probably is too, but if not, he's just a basically. A I'm sure he's just a CIA stooge, you know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's a more simplistic, you know, just the CIA, you know. He apparently was like an actor, and then like I, who fucking knows what? I, I look, he, he seems to be just a, a bland middle of the road, you know. Before this conflict, just a bland middle of the road, <sighs> you know, centrist politician, which means that he's obviously, you know a puppet of the west and doing everything that he right. can to integrate well, he, he know, was elected he's not the guy that EU. was installed in 2014 in the fed no coup. no and but well even that person was elected quote-unquote but they had you know sham elections when they when they you know deposed the the democratically elected government right so that was that was like what to, almost 30 headlines i just read out there 
mm-hmm. all extremely biased against Russia, pro-Ukraine, right? And mm-hmm. still, I mean, e- even that's not enough because yesterday, uh, Yoel Roth, the head of site integrity at Twitter, tweeted out, today we're adding labels to tweets that share links to Russian state-affiliated media websites and are taking steps to significantly reduce the circulation of this content on Twitter. We'll, we'll, we'll roll out these labels to other state-affiliated media outlets in the coming weeks. So, like, anything that's not just a blatant CIA narrative is going to be throttled on Twitter, basically. Or banned. I mean, uh, the the EU, the European Union, so every country in the European Union banned RT and Sputnik News from even um, from even being able to be accessible in the EU. So you can't get a Russian perspective on what's actually happening in, in Russia and the Ukraine right now if you live in the entirety of almost the of almost the entire Western world, except for the U.S., where you'll just be propagandized by all the social media conglomerates. Is, you know, I watched Biden's State of the Union last night, but I, I tuned in a little bit late, so I actually missed most of what he said about Ukraine. And apparently it was the first 20 minutes. You watched it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, unfortunately, I watched the whole fucking thing. Yeah, so I yeah. watched all of it except for the, the first 20 minutes when he's talking about Ukraine. And the instant it was over, uh, it was the, the panel of CNN fucking spooks uh, led by Anderson Cooper immediately talking about Ukraine and how Biden should have talked about Ukraine more and how, you know, really nothing else matters except for uh, Russia, 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 Russia. That was it. Right. Even though he devoted, like, I would say 40% minimum, like, you know, maybe 30, 40%. He talked for like, I think under an hour and he, and he did talk for like 20 minutes about the, 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 the Ukraine, you know, situation. So yeah, but that apparently wasn't enough for them. They needed him to be. What I think the real problem for them was, is that he wasn't more aggressive in saying, you know, we're going to, they are dying for us to actually send in military support like that's the the ultimate end goal of the fucking spooks and the military industrial complex and by the way for people that don't know anderson cooper was actually in the fucking cia this is something that he admits to it's documented this is not supposition on our part or just saying oh everyone in media is a cia spook he literally was in the fucking cia and he's a vanderbilt but you know whatever um the ultimate end goal of the military industrial complex and the CIA and the whole fucking state, you know, department, you know, uh, apparatus is to get us involved in a conflict with Russia because they ultimately want to break further, further, you know, uh, cut Russia up into, you know, pro Western uh, segmentations. They don't want them to ever be able to build themselves up as a superpower. And I think that's because the U S understands fundamentally that, you know, in a place like Russia, where there's still a lot of pro-communist sentiment, uh, especially amongst the older generations who remember how much better it actually was under the Soviet Union, uh, you know, before fucking uh, Gorbachev, you know, sold them out. Um, they re- they realize that it could very easily turn and something. And, and I think they're actually overplaying their hand here because they're doing everything they can to fuck with Russia and destabilize the country. And, you know, they're, they're, they've completely cratered their uh their economy the ruble is worth fucking nothing right now i mean they you know and so now real people are fucking suffering in that country who had nothing to do with the decision to go to war and um i think they're overplaying their hand because they think that this will destabilize russia enough for them to go in and break it up but what it actually might do is 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 get enough people on the side of 
you know, uh, revolution, you know, in a positive direction, in our opinion, obviously, for, you know, ousting Putin and, and his and his government and, and reinstalling, you know, a, a, a pro-communist, you know, uh, Soviet Union-esque government. Maybe, like a, a but, I mean, the, the single worst thing you can do is to make your enemy desperate. Right. Right. To make them actually right. desperate. Now, all, all they've done, and you've got a clip from Hillary Clinton here on, on Rachel Maddow, <laughs> yes. where, where they pretend that Putin is crazy and mad and doing things out of desperation, which we know that he doesn't do anything that way. He's very cold and meticulous and calculated and does things. And intelligent. I mean, I you know, I, I don't right. particularly care for him as a human, but he's not a fucking right. he's not an ideologue. He's not a raving madman. He's just a, a capitalist, you know, a very intelligent, cold, calculating capitalist. Well, he right. I mean, he's like he's got China backing him up to to a large degree, which right. scares the shit out of all the NATSEC fucking dipshits in Washington. And he's got pretty much a lock on all the fossil fuels flowing into mm-hmm. Europe. Right. So yeah, like, what do you, producer, what do you, what do you really going to fucking do to this guy? Right. But even still, the, the reason that, that Ukraine got invaded, uh, it, it's not about it, all, all these fucking people on our Facebook page. It's like, well, Russian imperialism is just as bad as U.S. Like, listen, there's nothing imperialist about doing an invasion to a country on your border. It's basically been in a state of civil war for the last eight years where the people being blown to shit are all pro-Russian, Russian speaking separatists who would much rather be part of, of Russia than they would have of the Ukraine if they could. Right. Right. So, so it's, it's just imagine if like, let's say China had a military alliance with Canada and Mexico <laughs> and was, right. was lining up missiles pointed at Washington DC on the US border. And you think if the US fucking crossed the border into Mexico with the military that that's imperialism? Like no. That that would be an existential crisis that I would say would be justified to to right. we, from that situation. Which we which we've almost never actually faced as a country at the US even though we claim every uh, you know, aggressive of war of aggression that we partake in is a ju- is a justified. It's I mean, you it's know, on your fucking border. Like we wage wars half a world away <laughs> as, as right. a reflex. Right. Like, that have, we have, you know, the, the fact that we're we you know, nobody in, in Washington, D.C., nobody in no NATSEC pundit, nobody who has any kind of credentials uh, and shouldn't have credentials has any fucking right to say what Russia can and can't do in an armed conflict on their own border. Okay. Because you people all fucking lied us into decades long wars over fucking lies. Okay. We went to war in Iraq over WMDs that didn't exist. Right. You don't get to tell Russia. They don't get to invade Ukraine on their border over Nazis that do exist. Right. Or over just the, the, the constant, you know, 30 plus year expansion of NATO to their doorstep, which is an obvious, you know, they're not doing that for their, you know, just for shits and giggles. Like I said, the 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 goal of NATO is to crush Russia and to crush communism. Even though Russia is not communist anymore, they still are not done, you know, killing that 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 dead carcass. They want to further balkanize Russia and create a bunch of Western subservient client states so that that Russia can never build themselves was, back up into a superpower. It was never about communism, though, obviously, because it's it was just the fact that Russia and the Soviet Union were 
a strong superpower that was not beholden to the U- the U.S. the way that all the rest of Europe was, right? And well, I mean, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, that's you know. So I'm re- right now. I'm reading uh, this this incredible book by Michael Prenti, uh, Black Shirts and Reds. Um, which I, I haven't really read a bunch of his stuff before because a lot I, I do a lot of driving and you know commuting or whatever and a lot so I listen to a lot of audiobooks and for shame. <laughs> yeah, no, but go. it's good though. Um, but fine, but so fine, yeah. So finally, I guess he his estate or he you know got a deal together with his publisher to start uh, recording his books into audiobook form because it's taking off as such a popular you know medium. So now I actually was able to to you know listen to this as I kind of go about my day. And he, it, that book is fucking excellent. And it's, you know, the subtitles like Rational Fascism. and the, What uh, what year did that get published? I think like 97. So it was like after the fall <clears> of the <throat> Soviet Union, but it was, <clears throat> you know, pretty early on. It was in the Clinton administration for sure uh, when it was published. So it really is 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 fresh. The wounds of, of the Soviet Union's collapse uh, are pretty fresh. Um, and it, it it's just a really in-depth fascinating look at you know just the machinations of you know any any it's not just about russia he gets into the u.s you know uh, the 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 goal of u.s you know to to crush communism you know wherever it pops up and and i i think it is you know it it is partially about communism but it's not just an ideological thing it just it, it does just you know like provide an existential threat to capitalism as a system mm have to have communist nations you know and it's not just an ideological thing it's just just purely financial it just it 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 was an it's really an interesting book i think people should definitely uh check that out but uh, did you see the um the the pictures that uh savannah who was a guest on our show uh, a little while back had when she got to meet michael Pranti? yeah yeah that that was awesome he came to to their like bookstore right i I thought that that was the case but it wasn't it was actually um like he's like 88 years old right and doesn't he have dementia too like or he's he's, no i i don't i i haven't heard anything about that i I Um, thought i read that but if that's not true i don't want to speculate anything like that that's that's i I thought i thought i thought it was like a pub but maybe maybe not i don't know but anyway but yes but yeah like so his his publicist is like actively just kind of like looking for people that are big fans of his to just like come visit him up in Sacramento where he lives. <clears throat> Cause he's just, you know, like they, you know, when you live to be 88 years old, like most of your friends have probably died, <laughs> which yeah, can be really yeah. fucking lonely, you know? And yeah. just as like a, 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 a way to keep him active and engage with people who love his writing. Um, apparently through her work at her bookstore was how this kind of came about. But I, that's what I thought too. Like, did he come to the bookstore and read there? And it wasn't the case. It was the other way around, but yeah, I was just like, Oh my God, this guy's a fucking living legend. And here's somebody who we had on our podcast, like hanging out and hugging him. And I'm like, Oh my God, like only two, two degrees of separations of the Kevin Bacon of fucking communist literature. I, uh, (laughs) my, my favorite thing about the book though, is just how much he fucking hammers Chomsky, like the entire book. Cause I didn't really like, I, you know, I had read manufacturing consent and I, I, I appreciated, you know, Chomsky's breakdown of like how us media works, but I didn't realize how fucking virulent, virulently fuck easy for me to say, uh, virulently anti-communist uh noam chomsky is and and how what a fucking idiotic blind spot he has about communism and and he's like you know this big anti-imperialist yet he supports the most imperialist 
fucking incursions imaginable when it comes to like a, a communist you know a country i just don't understand the 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 hypocrisy of, of noam chomsky's uh entire career works at this point it, it really recontextualized him but he took a lot of actual quotes that chomsky said and i'm just like what the fuck dude like what it you know right it's it's a it's a paradox he has where he correctly identifies the problem but when you sort of propose the solution that has been proven to work uh to counteract that problem of imperialism he's like nope we can't do that it's like but it it's it's a really good way of organizing society that solves the problem of capitalism and imperialism nope 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 we're not going to do that it's like what's wrong well, with and you? that's and that's what's great about and this is re- this really black shirts and reds you know reads as more of a uh like a pocket history of communism in in, in the world especially in you know the modern era but it um it's it, it's very even-handed it's not just like a glowing portrayal of communist countries like he does talk about problems in the soviet union and and you know the the kind of the things that you know that uh bringing a communism to your country could you know lead to in terms of just you know a lack of motivation like things like that but he also presents that in in contrast to what we go through in this country and you know i think anybody who actually takes an objective look at the two systems sees that one is clearly designed you know designed to to cause misery and suffering and one is designed to help as many people as possible but you know human nature is just to you know have (laughs) misery and suffering is built into you know human nature to an extent but I, I think it's a really right. even-handed look that I think everyone well, should read. I think it should be is, fucking taught in schools. You know, but. This, this is a guy who's an academic, right? He's not a right. propagandist. He's an academic. Um, I was watching this lecture. Oh, fuck. What's the guy's name? I don't have it in front of me. Shit. Um, I was watching a lecture. Somebody posted this on our Facebook page. Um, he's <clears> a <throat> political scientist. He's like 75 years old uh, at the University of Chicago. And he had a lecture in 2015, just after the coup in Ukraine. John Mearsheimer. Yeah. Mearsheimer. Yeah. Why yeah. Why is Ukraine the West's fault by, by John Mearsheimer? Right. And him? this guy is like the furthest thing from an ideological person. If anything, you would say like he's more right wing than anything. And he just lays it out. Uh, basically predicts everything that's happening right now. He predicted back in 2015 and said, you know, Russia is not going to act on invading Ukraine unless they are pushed to by the United States. And here's why. And here's what the U.S. has done. Uh, you know, if anything, you could, even if you were opposed to the USSR and you think NATO had a, had a purpose, the fact that they uh, didn't disband after the fall of the Soviet Union and instead expanded by 14 more countries up to so, fucking Russia's doorstep is right. an absolute aggressive policy. Right. I want to I want to talk about that because that's the most important part of the story that nobody, you know, in U.S. media will ever talk about is the fact that in 1990, you know, at, during the dissolution of the USSR, uh, you know, Russia was uh, the, the United States made uh, promises to Russia. And this, you know, there, there's tons of documentation about this. Obviously, the U.S. now disputes it, but this has been, you know, pretty common knowledge since right. that time period. <laughs> they, they said, well, we they, didn't we didn't put it in writing, so it doesn't count. Like, right. What? But 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 Jim fucking fucking Jim Baker, one of the Bush era, you know, propagandists, uh, he uh, I, I believe he was either special envoy to the USSR in Russia during this time, whatever he was. He was heavily involved in the negotiations, you know, in, in the in the dissolution. 
he promised them like i we you know we won't expand eastward you know we're not trying to you know knock down your doorstep we're just you know uh basically you know we we were going to allow you know germany in it 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 was a it was a complete bullshit story that they concocted but so since since the german reunification in 1990 where uh nato you know or at least the us which is you know nato more or less uh promised they would not expand eastward um in in a move of obvious aggression against russia they have let in like you said 14 countries and in 1999 Bill Clinton <laughs> made a big show. Uh, of course, he was the first one, shocker of all shocks, uh, to to let more countries into NATO. He let the Czech Republic, Hungary, and Poland into NATO, um, which was an obvious uh, move of aggression towards Russia. Uh, in 2004, on uh, the Bush administration, uh, Bulgaria, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, a bunch of former Soviet, you know, uh, nations or republics uh were allowed into uh nato 2009 uh under barack obama uh albania and croatia 2017 montenegro and 2020 north macedonia so you know again the only two countries that are bordering uh russia right now that aren't part of the the uh part of nato are belarus and the ukraine and the ukraine or Belarus is is are you know pretty pretty firmly entrenched you know allies of of Russia it seems to be at this point, um, but the Ukraine had a very friendly relationship with Russia, uh, all the way up until 2014 when the U.S. backed this this Euro maiden coup maiden maidan I don't know how you pronounce it but a coup of uh, the Ukrainian government where they ousted the 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 democratically elected president and installed this this sort of puppet government that they they've you know more or less maintained from from that point on uh Zelensky you know was elected a few years ago but it, it's just you know now they're in this position where they've you know they, they the reason he was ousted uh the former Ukrainian president was that he didn't want to enter into the uh trade and we talked about this last week but he didn't want to enter into a trade agreement with the EU like he didn't want a free trade agreement with them or he was holding out for better terms and they were getting sick of waiting i guess so they figured well let's just get a puppet in there who's gonna you know sign off with you know with no no concessions basically and that's exactly what happened and i remember at the time in 2014 i remember this vividly um the 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 revolution or uprising as it was termed in the west um was was sort of lumped in with like the arab spring you know right and claiming it was Right, the right. Ukrainian Spring or something. And as like soon that. as I heard the Western media saying that, I was like, "Uh oh, something's not right here." <laughs> right. And then, you know, it became very clear this was like a very militarized right-wing fascist series of riots and you know street fights and gun battles. And I was like, "This isn't this isn't a natural thing. You don't you don't naturally have a far right uprising." That is no. basically a coup. I had a, some fucking dummy on our Facebook page, not on our Facebook page, but on Facebook somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, uh, I, I said something about how this was a coup. And this guy's like, well, no, it was a revolution. I was like, a coup is the opposite of a revolution. And then I explained the difference to him. 
And, you know, being the, you know, a revolution is when the workers rise up and overthrow the government. A coup is when the military rises up and overthrows the government. And he, he, I don't even know if I explained that much to him, but he finally kind of like got it in his head. And he explained it back to me that he understood now because it's like, you know, a coup is like the empire in Star Wars and revolution is like the rebel alliance. And I was like, how fucking dumb is that you the only way you can understand if that helps i the, guess uh, yeah I, I mean i guess if you need that to fucking spoon feed oh your ass God. into understanding geopolitics in the real world so be it but i swear to god it, it, so yeah it was um the, the the guy the u of chicago guy lecturing uh whose name you just mentioned for me um was you know in 2015 is talking about this this uprising and said like yeah this is a bunch of fascists there's just you can't get around that. And now and now we've got like the the two biggest uh, militias that have been harassing the separatists in eastern Ukraine um, are fucking Nazi groups. Right. There's an article which, yeah, was an open. <clears throat> by the way, and everyone knew this in back in 2015. John Conyers tried to pass a fucking act to prevent the U.S. from selling arms to Nazi groups in the Ukraine. Uh, and now everyone's acting like, oh, that, that's so overblown. There aren't Nazis in the Ukraine. It's well, just not, a small... They're not most of the military. They're only just a small fraction, but actually a majority of the groups that are attacking the separatists that Russia can went in there to try to protect. Well, right. it's also a so, total fiction. Just, just real quick side thing. It's a total fiction that, oh, it's just the this one battalion, the Azov battalion. That's the only... Which, by the way, is a very big battalion, but that but they act as if that's like the only group of people in the in in the army that are Nazis, and that everyone else who you know participates in war games with those with those with that battalion are not Nazis. But I mean, every piece of evidence to the contrary seems to indicate the exact opposite. I mean, the, well, how the come Ukrainian... every, every time there's a fucking a rally for Ukraine, you see fucking Nazi flags there? That it's that weird, red and black, weird. that red and black flag that was so right. So and and the fucking the other day the the official Twitter of the Ukrainian National Guard uh tweeted out that that video of their the soldiers like uh rubbing their their uh their bullets uh with lard as they packed them into their magazines because the the uh one of the the uh, separatist groups in the Donbass Donbass region is uh like a majority Muslim population and they called them the you know, Bo, I've, I've the, I don't know, I forget their Chechnya or whatever. They're, they call them orcs, basically. So yeah, just just like straight up Nazi shit, right? Like on the official National Guard, and, and the uh, Azov you know, Battalion is not the account. only one, no, right? No. So this was from an article from a guy um, who it, it, it's. Well, I'm not going to read the whole thing, obviously, but it, it sounds like he was in the military from his the way he kind of phrases things. And the title was uh, Army in Afghanistan, or I'm sorry, uh, Army in Ukrainian Militias is Afghanistan 2.0. And I've got a couple sentences here I pulled from a couple different paragraphs to kind of make one block of text. I posted this on our Facebook group, our Facebook page, I should say. Uh, and he says, the two main militias fighting Russia, uh, Russian-backed separatists in the uh, Donbass region are the Azov Battalion and Right Sector. To say these groups are far right is an understatement. They routinely espouse Nazi symbolism and beliefs. Giving Stinger and Javelin missiles to right sector and, and Azov battalion is a terrible idea that is sure to have impacts we can't possibly predict. This potential for calamity is not only high, it has a strong precedent as it's exactly what happened in Afghanistan. So, you know, it's funny you should mention that because actually 
somebody else was was on television the other day talking about uh what did happen in afghanistan <laughs> in the 80s when russia uh invaded um so why don't why don't we actually play that clip and then we'll we'll chat about it a little bit more because yeah. we alluded to it earlier, um, but it but it, it is noted foreign policy expert Hillary Clinton uh, telling us about oh don't ruin it just play it. But remember, uh, the Russians it, invaded right? Afghanistan uh, back uh, in 1980, and uh, although no country uh, went in, uh, they certainly had a lot of countries uh, supplying. Uh, arms and advice and even some advisors uh, to those who were recruited to fight Russia. It didn't end well for the Russians. Uh, there were other uh, unintended consequences, as we know. But the fact <laughs> is that a very motivated and then uh, funded and armed uh, insurgency uh, basically drove the Russians out of Afghanistan. Um, obviously, the similarities are, are not uh, ones that you should uh, bank on because uh, the terrain, the development uh, in urban areas, et cetera, is so different. But I think that is the model that people are now uh, looking toward. And if there can be sufficient uh, armaments that get in and they should be able to get in along some of uh uh, the borders uh, between other nations and Ukraine uh, and keep the Ukrainian, uh, both their military and their citizen uh, volunteer soldiers supplied, uh, that can continue to stymie Russia. Now, let's be you know, clear that Russia has overwhelming uh, military force. Uh, but, of course, they did in Afghanistan as well. Hmm. Uh, they also brought a lot of uh, air power to Syria. It has—it took years to finally uh, defeat Syria uh, in terms of the insurgencies, the democratic forces, as well as others who battled the Russians, the Syrians, and the Iranians. Um, so— if you're fighting for your homeland, you're fighting for your family, you're fighting for your ideals, that's far more powerful than sending in these poor, young Russian soldiers who didn't even know where they were going until they crossed the border and people were screaming at them and they, they realized they were Ukraine in Ukraine. Before. So I, I think we have to watch this carefully. We have to provide sufficient uh, military armaments for the Ukraine uh, military and volunteers, and we have to keep <laughs> tightening the screws. Oh my That's god! That's her. Fuck yeah! She, so she's so I, I love how she 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 you know glowingly talks about the the rebel groups that uh, fought the Russians in Afghanistan and the rebel groups that fought the Syrian government in Syria, both of whom are fucking terrorists, like noted terrorists. Um, yeah, so obviously for and I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast knows, but the group that uh we we funded and funneled weapons to in Afghanistan in the 80s was the Mujahideen uh led by a guy you may have heard of uh named Osama bin Laden who later took that money and funding and CIA training and fucking blew up uh two pretty substantial buildings in in uh lower Manhattan. So you know, it's it just and, and and apparently the Pentagon too. Although they they won't let us see the footage of that one, right? Uh, to this day, yeah, I love I love the like 
the, the well, schism... obviously there were some un- unintended unintended consequences. Was her one fucking line that about the entirety of nine eleven and the? I just you know, she's talking about like the folly of Russia invading Afghanistan. It's like, boy, howdy! I sure hope no other superpower followed in their footsteps and got caught in a quagmire <laughs> for the next twenty fucking years. Right. There's so many things like that. Like it, that, it, it's how? just unreal. I, it's just it's. And the idea that, like, Russian soldiers didn't know they were going to Ukraine. Like, they don't know the fucking countries that border their country. <laughs> they didn't know what they were really? doing. Like, uh, like how many how many fucking American soldiers could find fucking the, the, Iraq on a map that wasn't labeled? None. Right. None. Right. Zero. Somebody tweeted this out the other day. Uh, here's an idea. Uh, before you can tweet, you have to solve a CAPTCHA uh before you post your political views, but instead of finding buses or stop signs, you have to correctly identify on a blank map where the country you want to tweet about is located. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah. That's uh and I, I feel like unfortunately most of these farm policy experts would fail that that quiz. Um it, it, yeah, it's just so funny. She talks about arming yeah, the, the Mujahideen in Russia or in Afghanistan rather and uh the, the 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 rebel groups fighting uh the syrian government which we know were fucking al-qaeda you know masquerading as as milt as moderate rebels in syria it's just she she is just can never not go on tv and just continue to be fucking wrong about every major foreign policy decision made you know while she was in power and after she was in power in in government and before it, it's just I just, but I don't know how we fight this sort of, this sort of bullshit, because this is just 24 seven nonstop what you get if you get your news from, from television or newspapers for that matter. I mean, if you get your magazines or magazines, magazines, any mainstream source, like this this is all you get to to contrast um, when, when Bush invaded Iraq, uh, we we invaded Iraq, the economist magazine put George W. Bush on the cover with the headline. Now, the waging of peace. <laughs> Contrast that with uh, their issue this week, The Economist, and it's a picture of Putin's head with a tank for a brain and a fighter jet for an eyeball, and it says, where will he stop? There was also that artist's conceptual drawing from a guy who does, like, magazine covers for Time. It wasn't an official Time cover, but it was just Putin with Hitler's, like, mustache like 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 it was a piece of paper and it was like ripped across like the mm-hmm. mouth and like yeah yeah so just just real real fucking you know even-handed not at all hyperbolic just uh, every single possible lie you can tell right like right. Uh, putin's targeting civilian buildings and it turns out the building was a police station uh so not a civilian building that was being used as a uh as of recruitment facility the nazis right. <laughs> and or, the, or an arms depot like he, they've mostly act all their airstrikes have been you know targeting like munitions depots and you know basically to cripple the the um the ukrainian military from from responding to them um right what was this but, thing about a holocaust memorial that people well, were so, saying got blown up yeah, that a lot of a lot of fucking people fell for the stupid shit but yeah but apparently they're saying like Oh well, his his bombing, you know, raid on this on this radio tower, you know, damaged a Holocaust memorial, and that's probably what he was trying to do. Um, so, number one, it was a pre-announced raid, so they announced it to the population in that area so that people could get out because they were trying to destroy a communications tower that the military uses, like a large 
basically look like a large like those things you see you know kind of when you're driving on the highway those like big fucking towers with the red lights on top that's what it was it was a communications tower right um and or it may have been a tv who knows like it was just some sort of communications tower um and they bombed that and they're saying that that was that actually led to this you know either destruction or damaging of a holocaust memorial but there was a guy on twitter some like a russian citizen i think who went and walked past that memorial like walked to the memorial in this video and was like look it's completely fine like i don't know what people are talking about like maybe some dust like floated over there but he's like it's a kilometer away from that tower it's right. not and, and you know it, it it's just preposterous the shit people <clears throat> call for in propaganda and you mentioned you know the snake island thing that was like the big thing early on was like they were like well you know they these yeah. 13 brave soldiers you know and they and they and they you know we're, we're told to <clears throat> surrender and they said fuck you russian warship and then they killed them all um yeah it turns out they didn't kill them all they're all alive like they, there was a guy from from that from that uh battalion uh what like there was a, a video an inner news interview or some kind of an interview from him saying like i feel like uh ukraine like ukrainian leadership has used us and abandoned us you know for propaganda like we're we're all alive like we're not dead yeah um, so you remember that one of the headlines i read to you was how a, a translator broke down crying while uh-huh. translating Zelensky's speech. Well, it turns right. out that that was probably for show, too. But it turns out that the actual guy who was crying listening to Zelensky's speech was this soldier who was hearing about his own funeral being planned when he wasn't dead. <laughs> and he was crying, realizing that his fucking death had been fabricated and was being used for propaganda. Right. So it wasn't 13 guys. It, this, but this group of soldiers was 83 83 guys in these barracks on this island. And I don't even believe the recording that was put out was real because I don't know of any fucking naval vessel anywhere that identifies itself as simply Russian warship. Right. right. Like you would, right. you would say the name of your vessel. The name of your vessel is key in every radio communication call sign. You say this is, this is, you know, the uh, USS whatever fucking enterprise whatever the fuck you always identify who you are because sometimes you have multiple ships communicating with each other and you have to keep identifying yourself on every single transmission so you it's clear who is speaking right because you know boat radios aren't necessarily known for being the most high fidelity right? right um and yeah so it was 83 guys they all surrendered even if they did tell the Russians to, to go fuck themselves, that's not a death sentence. That doesn't just, oh, you told me to fuck myself. I'm going to kill you. Like, what fucking fantasy world do you live in that you believe something that stupid? Honestly. Right. right. And, you know, just to contrast that, the, the Ukrainian military from one of their official, you know, blue check uh, accounts today tweeted out that <clears> they <throat> won't accept surrender of Russian soldiers, which is a fucking war crime to not, you know, accept a surrender of a, of a like to not accept the surrendering soldiers you know call to be you know taken taken alive is a war crime and they just like say on on one of their you know fucking social media accounts like yeah we're not going to do that anymore so you know I, and i'm sure that's happening all the time in war but to like just be blatant about you know the fact that you're going to commit a war crime is is pretty gross um yeah it, it's do you have the that um edited clip I feel like we should get to that uh, that I sent you. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. So this is a master compilation of just the 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 incredibly like just 
over the top racist news coverage of of this whole uh situation and 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 you know because obviously you know white people are fighting uh this this becomes an issue uh so let's let's play that and then we'll, we'll chat about it now with the russians marching in it's changed uh the calculus entirely uh tens of thousands of people have tried to uh flee the city there will be many more people are hiding out in bomb shelters but this isn't a place with all due respect um you know, like Iraq or Afghanistan that has seen conflict raging for decades. You know, this is a relatively civilized, uh, relatively European, I have to choose those words carefully too, uh, city where you wouldn't expect that or hope that it's going to happen. Now the unthinkable has happened to them. And this is not a developing third world nation. This is Europe. Me, I'm sorry. It's really emotional for me because I see European people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed, children being killed every day with Putin's missiles. 15,000 people were coming into Poland in just the last 24 hours. When you look at what happened in the last refugee crisis in Europe back in 2015, Poland was one of the EU countries that, you know, was hesitant to take in refugees. Talk about what has changed and the different position now. Yeah, well, just to put it bluntly, these are not refugees from Syria. These are refugees from uh, neighboring Ukraine. I mean, that, quite frankly, is part of it. These are um, Christians, they're white, they're, um, they're very similar to people. Now, as you're talking to us, Matthew, we're playing in the latest pictures of some of the refugees trying to get on trains or trying to get out of Ukraine. And, and what's compelling is just looking at them the way they're dressed. These are prosperous, I'm loath to use the expression, these are prosperous middle class people. These are not obviously refugees trying to get away from areas in the Middle East that are still in a big state of war. These are not people trying to get away from areas in North Africa. They look like any European family that you would live next door to. Fuck off. Oh my god. Oh my god. Like just, they can't they can't contain their fucking, their Western chauvinism, their racism. Their fu- it's, it's just, it's unreal. And they, like, they these still look like European they, families they even, you live next door to. Right. They, but they don't even consider Ukrainians to be quite European because you notice that they say things like, well, they, they almost look like real people. <laughs> they almost, they almost, like these, these nice civilized they wife, look like, like somebody you. who could be your neighbor. They don't, he doesn't say they look like your neighbor. They look like somebody who could be your neighbor so like they're even fucking like you have to knock them down a little bit that they're not they're they're not quite civilized enough to be considered a little more melanin than we do so they're not quite the you know they're not quite white but they're they're almost white refer to iraq and afghanistan Mm -hmm. as you know all these third world nations that have been in armed conflict for last you know for decades i I wonder who were they in conflict with fucking white western countries and i wonder why it wasn't their fucking choice it wasn't right. a fucking choice. We invaded them and then put them down. Oh, you, you've you been at war all this time. Yeah, with us. With fucking us. You know, Iran was like a thriving and beautiful fucking socialist country in the 50s until we fucking helped depose them uh, and, and, and installed a bunch of fucking fascist, the, you know, theological nut well, jobs. And, and, and they still you know, were until they figured out what we did to them and then had their fucking islamic revolution and then became extremely regressive um socially but uh yeah i mean they're still thriving to this day in a lot of ways and that's why we still consider them to be a huge threat i mean remember when they fucking launched all those missiles that landed like feet 
away from the barracks at that uh, airbase in Iraq. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in response yeah. to us killing their general, and it was like like all the NATSEC people uh, in in the U.S. were shooting their pants because they realized that Iran had missiles that were highly more developed than they thought they had. So they yeah. they a had to like downplay it, like <laughs> as though well they just got lucky, <laughs> you know, and also right. had to then say that like oh they're a huge threat but we also need to stand down because you know it's we're just we're taking the high road like really you sound scared as shit <laughs> so yeah so the um you know and we were speaking about these refugees getting on trains you know who's not being allowed on trains the nigerians living in the ukraine uh there have been multiple reports videos you know like just plenty of documentation that they were only allowing the the white you know your the white citizens of the ukraine onto these trains uh to hey, hey, hey. Poland. anthony please women and children who are white first okay <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it's just like they can't help but show their fucking true colors and the fact that they, you know, largely the levers of power in the Ukraine are controlled by far right, you know, Nazi sympathetic at the very least uh, forces and then in some cases actual Nazis. Um, but yeah, they literally weren't letting Nigerians onto these, these, and, and again, I don't even know if Poland wasn't even official. It was just like regular people that were physically blocking them from getting on the, on these trains. Right to to try to get away. It, like we need we need you to stick behind as cannon fodder so the white the white Ukrainians can hightail it up to Poland. Right, it's right, so, exactly. So, it's so disgusting, and we're being it, welcomed in with open arms. By the way, even though you know every every any brown refugees that go anywhere are, are are you know kept at the border and left to starve to death, including the border of Poland. This you know is is, is documented, but. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's fucking disgusting, and it's everything I expect from from you know the Western world. But um, I, I just yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, oh, so okay, there's a couple things I wanted to get to obviously before yeah. we uh, wrap up. I want to uh, read a little bit from this article um, in uh, the Guardian, which is you know a mainstream publication uh and and i'm i'm shocked that they were they allowed this guy to publish this but i think it's a great opinion piece um by this guy ted galen carpenter he's an author um and he wrote this article on february 28th uh many predicted nato expansion would lead to war those warnings were ignored um so i just want to read a little bit from this and then we'll talk about it <clears throat> Um, Russia's military offensive against the Ukraine is an act of aggression that will make already worrisome tensions between NATO and Moscow even more dangerous. The West's new Cold War with Russia has turned hot. Vladimir Putin bears uh, primary responsibility for this latest development, but NATO's arrogant, tone-deaf policy toward Russia over the past quarter century deserves a large share as well. Uh, analysts commit to a U.S. foreign policy of realism and restraint uh, have warned for uh, more than a, a quarter century that continuing to expand the most powerful military alliance in history toward another major power would not end well. The war in Ukraine proves the uh, definitive confirmation that it did not. Um, and this, and this subheader is uh, thinking through the Ukrainian crisis, the causes uh, it would be extraordinarily difficult to expand NATO eastward without that ac uh, actions being viewed uh, by Russia as unfriendly, even though the most modest schemes would bring the alliance to the borders of the old uh, Soviet Union. So, uh, some of the uh, more ambitious versions would have the alliance virtually surround the Russian Federation itself. Uh, 
I wrote these words in 1994 in my book, Beyond NATO, Staying Out of Europe's Wars, at a time when expansion proposals merely constituted occasional speculation in, a foreign, policy, in foreign policy seminars in New York and Washington. I added that expansion, <clears throat> quote, would constitute a needless provocation of Russia. Um, what was not, <clears throat> excuse me, what was not publicly known at the time was that Bill Clinton's administration had already made the fateful decision the previous year to push for including some former Warsaw Pact countries in NATO. Uh, the administration would soon propose inviting Poland, the Czech Republic, and Hungary to become members, and the U.S. Senate uh, approved adding those countries to the North Atlantic Treaty in 1998. It would be the first of several waves of membership expansion, which you know I detailed earlier. Even the first stage provoked Russian opposition and anger. Uh, in her memoir, Madeleine Albright, <laughs> Clinton's Secretary of State concedes that, quote, Russian President Boris Yeltsin and his countrymen were strongly opposed to enlargement, seeing it as a strategy for exploiting their vulnerability and moving Europe's dividing line to the east, leaving them isolated. Uh, Strobe Talbot, <laughs> what a fucking name, Deputy Secretary of State. Uh, similarly like a Star Wars name. <laughs> Right, Doesn't you know, like they, they make up a fucking name that's like so far fetched. You're like, what? Why do you have to try so hard? <laughs> What's that Twitter meme of like the fake out oh, glup shit? Oh, there's a great tweet like months ago about people like, yeah, man, like Star Wars people, like people who like Star Wars, will just be watching one of their TV shows and, and just casually be like, oh yeah, that's glup shit. Oh, he was in a <laughs> expanded universe <laughs> novel. <laughs> um. Deputy Secretary of State similarly described the Russian attitude, quote, many Russians see NATO as a vestige of the Cold War uh, inherently directed against their country. Gee, I wonder why Uh, uh, they point out that the uh, that they have disbanded the Warsaw Pact, their military alliance, and ask why the West should not do the same. Uh, It was an excellent question, and neither the Clinton administration nor its successors provided even a remotely convincing answer. Uh, George Keenan, uh, intellectual father of America's containment policy during the Cold War, perceptively warned in a May 1998 New York Times interview about what the Senate's ratification of NATO's first round of expansion would set in motion. Quote, I think it's the beginning of a new Cold War, Keenan stated. I think the Russians will gradually react quite adversely and it will affect their policies. I think it's a tragic mistake. There was no reason for this whatsoever. No one was threatening anybody else. He was right, but the U.S. and NATO leaders proceeded with new rounds of expansion, including the provocative step of adding three Baltic republics. These countries not only had been part of the Soviet Union, but they had been part of Russia's empire during the Tsarist era. That wave of expansion now had NATO perched on the border of the Russian Federation. Uh, Yeah, and there's more, but I mean, that's I I think that's oh, wait, there's one more part I do want to get to. Sure. Important quote from Robert Gates. Um, Who's Robert Gates again? So he was a secretary of defense under Bush and Obama. Uh, mm. Obama loved his fucking conservatives. Right. Um, yeah. Moscow's patience with NATO, uh, NATO's ever more intrusive behavior was wearing thin. The last reasonable friendly warning from Russia that the alliance needed to back off came in March 2007 when Putin addressed the annual Munich Security Conference. NATO has put frontline forces on the borders, Putin complained. NATO expansion, quote, represents a serious provocation that reduces the level of mutual trust. And we have the right to ask against whom is this expansion intended? That's a great question. And what happened to the assurances uh, our Western partners made after the dissolution of the Warsaw Pact in his memoir, uh, duty, I guess that's his memoir, uh, Robert Gates, duty, (laughs) right. 
who served as the Secretary of Defense in the administrations of both George W. Bush and Barack Obama, <clears throat> stated his belief that the, quote, relationship with Russia uh, had been badly mismanaged after H.W. Uh, Bush left office in 93. Among other missteps, quote, U.S. agreements with Romanian and Bulgarian governments to rotate troops through bases in those countries was a needless provocation. Uh, in, an uh, in an implicit rebuke to the younger Bush, Gates asserted that, quote, trying to bring Georgia and Ukraine into NATO was truly overreaching. That move, he contended, was a case of, quote, recklessly ignoring what Russians considered their own vital national interests. So even fucking Robert Gates admits that that was a just that we've just done needless provocation after needless provocation, and that this was an inevitable right. fucking result of of what we've been doing. And I've seen people on fucking line this last week saying that you know Russia invading Ukraine was to intimidate them into not trying to join NATO, and they clearly don't know how the process works because you can't do that because in order to but you don't join get to NATO, say I want to join NATO. <laughs> Right. In order to join NATO, all of the current member states of NATO have to unanimously agree to your mm -hmm. entry. And when they previously had attempted to join, France and Germany said no, because that would be such a hostile provocation to Russia that we don't want to risk that. Right. So the, right. the people who are saying mm -hmm. that Russia invading is, is designed to prevent Ukraine from joining NATO don't know a thing about it like they can't even they're not even going to be allowed to join the european union the way they think that they can right now to like desperately get more attention um and, and the u.s didn't even doesn't even really care about letting them into nato they've they've strung them along you know for years because they wanted to provoke russia and i think you know i don't know how much the ukraine realizes it but they were used as you know basically a puppet to bait russia this entire time i think that was oh, yeah. ultimately what we see happening and that's why they're now they're standing with their dick in their hands being like what do you you told us you'd, you'd you if we gave up our nukes you'd, you'd help us and now you know u.s and nato are not sending troops in there was um, a great cartoon yesterday i saw it was like you know all the u.s and european union like handing a bunch of weapons to ukraine be like okay go fight your war now <laughs> right like, exactly that's they're what they're doing fucking crushed <laughs> that's that's um, what they're doing and it's like well that's what you get motherfuckers you should have played footsie with them for so long but that's you know you never trust a fucking snake you know or what you know the scorpion and the frog well story I and, mean, and even more immediately there was a, a great article that I, I posted this on our facebook page uh on common dreams written by uh, medea benjamin from code pink and a guy named nicholas j.s davies who i'm not familiar with that you know really laid out like if you for the for the people that think that this was unprovoked mm -hmm. or that it just started last week mm -hmm. i want to read this paragraph here uh where the fuck did it go I got I have like three different browsers open, so forgive me right. if I'm a little <laughs> disheveled. Got a lot of shit. Um, uh, President Biden has called the Russian invasion unprovoked, but that is far from the truth. In the four days, this is just just four days leading up to the invasion, ceasefire monitors from the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, OSCE, <clears throat> documented a dangerous increase in ceasefire violations in eastern Ukraine with 5,660 violations total and 4,093 explosions. So shelling, bombs, basically. Most were inside the de facto borders of the Donsk and Luhansk People's Republics. These are the two separatist breakaway uh, republics. Uh, consistent with incoming shellfire by Ukrainian government forces, 
With nearly 700 OSCE ceasefire monitors on the ground, it is not credible that these were all false flag incidents staged by separatists, uh, as the U.S. and British officials claimed. So it's preposterous to even claim that. I mean, that's but you remember they they were when uh fucking what's his uh, Ned Price kept you know saying that they were going to do false flag operations. Yeah, that was Blinken's big thing too. Yeah, fucking that. And the, the reporter, uh, we played it on the show a couple of weeks ago. Pro was like, well. You're claiming they may do something as evidence of like what, what's your proof? And he's like, "Well, I just gave you the proof. I said it." It's like, <laughs> right. "No, you fucking five year old. That's not proof." You're a reporter. Now go get, go write that down and repeat it. That's your job. That's so, that's what Ned Price is used to. You remember when we uh it well, we invaded um <coughs> uh Libya and Syria? <laughs> you, had to, you had to go through the list of all the countries we invaded. The, We're like, which which one? Under the <clears throat> pretext that. You know, Assad had gassed his own people. Remember that? Right. Oh, yeah. It turned, it turned out that wasn't fucking true. Right. So Ukraine uh, has, in just four days prior to Russia invading, launched over <clears throat> over 4,000 bombs on their own people. So right. Zelensky, Zelensky, this new heroic guy that, that the Western media is fawning over, uh, tried to kill his own people 4,000 times in just four days. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And, and if totally. and if you say that, well, they're not, they're not Russia really, they're not his own people because they're separatists. Well, then you just made the case for Russia intervening more fucking credible if you say right. that shit. Because then, so then okay, then they, they should be allowed people. to be Russians if they're right. not their own people. So either Russia is coming to the aid of U- Ukrainian citizens who are being massacred by their own president, or they are separatists and Ukraine has not been invaded. Then make up your mind right. which it is. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it, it's it's just preposterous. The, the fucking lack of, you know, just yeah. And the lionization of, of Zelensky in the period since. I mean, there, you know, there was that fucking hilarious tweet. Um, uh, the, the, I, I forget who it was even from, but it's just all it said was like fans. Uh, fans are casting Jeremy Renner uh, as, as Vladimir Zelensky in a possible <laughs> movie about this. And people, and people all tweeted fans of what? like fans of <laughs> fans of war like what are you talking about like the fuck kind of baby brain shit is this um and fans of our pro war narrative would like <laughs> right, to see, fans of the bullshit like to see real life events framed more the way a marvel movie takes place where it's clear who you're rooting for right although they are they are you know getting away from that uh quite a bit in the last couple in phase four they're definitely pushing the boundaries of um what you're supposed to root for and making you question shit. Did you well, see always how, better about that with the TV shows anyway? I mean, the, well, you did, know, you, did you, I was going to mention, did you see that they're bringing all of the old Netflix Marvel shows to Disney plus and like people are worried they're going to get edited. Well, so I did see something in one of the, I read one of the articles about it that said basically the way they're just going to get around that is they're going to just have parental like controls for the Disney plus apps that like a five-year-old, you know, using the app, if his parents set the controls, can't watch, you know, Luke Cage and, and Jessica Jones like <laughs> going at it in, in season one of Epi Jessica Jones. Or cool down there, son. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but I mean, know, everyone's this, everyone's yeah, like, OK, Wilson Fisk fucking slams that guy's head in the door like right. 30 times in a row until it turns into a fucking watermelon, basically. Oof, like, right. is, is Disney really going to, you know, but that's like, OK, these these are, you know, TV MA shows basically rated R versions of television and disney has all these like rules that they won't break until they have to 
um, about, you know, no profanity, no smoking, no, you know, all violence has to be bloodless, which, uh, you know, they, they definitely changed that in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where you see a lot of blood. Um, but it's for the purpose of fucking telling the story. It's not gratuitous unless it I mean, if they want to have adults. To... Yeah. If they want to yeah. have adults watching this thing and which they do, you know, they want as many people watching as possible. They're just going to have to create a separate section of Disney Plus. that's only accessible by, right. you know, the adult users like that's I think that's perfectly fine. And oh, like, I mean, like you, you think kids don't know what blood is you think they don't know, know what violence is do you, you right really no, I mean, that, obviously like, you know the people that walk into a school and start shooting people were radicalized by what they saw on fucking disney plus no no, <laughs> no. Of course. so um, yeah it's just dumb and i, I think yeah. it's just you know not, not to like stand marvel shit too much but uh, you know like when when you look at what comics are really about what those stories are really about it is very much about you know looking at violence and deciding when is it okay or not and very often in, in at least in the comics there were times when you know the good guys did very bad things and they had to fucking deal with like the the, the blowback of that or the ramifications of that over a yeah. long period of time and that's what made those stories really fucking good and that's kind of like right. you know, the fact that they're doing that with with marvel in ways that haven't really ever been done before um I think shows a maturity in storytelling and it would be a shame to nerf all that for the sake of not offending anyone because their brains might be too impressionable. It's, it's that whole idea from, from the killing joke, that excellent fucking 1980s Alan Moore comic, the one shot that he did with Batman, the Joker, where, you know, the Joker is just trying to get a point the, across the point to Batman. Like you're just one bad day away from being me. Like we're not fucking different. You think you're better than me, but you're not you're you're just like me you just you know repress yourself and the whole fucking ending of that book which everybody misses is that batman snaps the joker's fucking neck like people don't realize that but go back and look at the way that those last two panels are like he batman just starts laughing hysterically with the joker and then there's like a panel where it says like silence and and it, it cuts off but he snaps his fucking neck like that's that's what happens at the end of that book like it's fucking great um but uh, you know th that's the kind of shit that I, I appreciate in in like comic book storytelling you know, i'm on a tangent here but i just wanted to mention real quickly that i i just bought tickets to go see the batman this weekend uh at the logan theater which i'm not super excited i wasn't super excited until i realized like oh it's coming out right now i didn't right, I, didn't, right. I didn't know i, exactly I think it looks great i mean i i'm, I'm excited you yeah. know i think it'll be good you know after watching the lighthouse um i'll watch anything of robert pattinson in it because right. that guy can fucking act <laughs> and, and he doesn't choose bad shit like you know i think he he you know he he started off his career and gained a high profile from doing the twilight movies but i think since then he's tried to make a concerted effort to select really artistically challenging roles for himself now that he has like fuck you money from doing that right. that series you know like he can just kind of i mean take things that stimulate him j-law is a great actor and she started out stuck in two shitty franchises so. that's, i mean that's honestly i think like almost a kind of a, a good thing you know to happen is that you end up starting with these things where you're kind of you know set more or less like in, in the in you know in terms of your level of of notoriety and also financially where you can kind of take an artistic i mean leo is another great example he did and i don't think titanic's a bad movie but he did a movie like titanic you know that was the biggest movie in the world and then after that, he was just like, all right, so I'm just going to pick every fucking movie that I find interesting. And, you know, he had this amazing 
artistic career with a couple of weird missteps, but mostly a really good, you know, yeah. artistic career where he gets to play like despicable fucking people. Um, well, so in, so in great. sort of getting uh, hyped up for uh, watching the Batman uh, this weekend, I was I was just kind of fucking around on YouTube and that uh that that clip of Michelle Pfeiffer on the set of uh, Batman Returns where she like actually oh, the mannequins the the four mannequins in a row that she fucking whips the heads off with a fucking leather whip and then like starts you know jump roping with the whip away from it where she right. like in the cuz you know in the movie it's 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 all cut up and edited so you you're like seeing... it's less impressive in the movie cuz it looks like it didn't really happen right and then you see that she actually fucking did that right like I was, I was blown away. So then it was like the next clip was um, like the, the, the scene where she, you know, gets dropped out the window and like, you know, cats are like nine on her fingers. Then she goes fucking crazy and like smashes mm-hmm. her apartment and starts. But that's a great fucking scene. It's like five yeah. minutes. Of no dialogue with her. Michelle Pfeiffer just acting her ass off and like the set piece of the apartment uh, and her smashing shit. There's a neon sign that says hello there but she likes like walks past it and smashes two of the letters perfectly so then it just says hell here right it's, it's like and she fucking does all the like none of it's cgi none of its effects it's all her just I, I, doing I, all this shit yeah and so i watched the whole movie for like the first time in probably 15 so years good. Last i night. love that movie that's such it's, a good fucking movie it's so much better than the first one and it's again like batman's barely in it but it's like literally just it's michelle pfeiffer and christopher walken and danny vito just giving the performances of a lifetime in that movie is so fucking good it it really is it's such an underrated i I actually really like the first one too but i think the second one's definitely better uh just the the fucking incredible like just the the set deck and like just everything about the art design of that movie and uh what's his face anton first you know uh designed the entire look of of Gotham, oh. and like just <laughs> and I love that Pee Wee Herman is the Penguin's dad. Which is <laughs> <Right>. very beginning <laughs> of humor. I was right. like, "Hey, it's Paul Rubin is his fucking dad." Yeah, no, that's um, that's an underrated movie. Uh, it, it's a it's a shame like that whole that whole crew didn't get back together to do the do the sequels, and we got what we got with uh, with Joel yeah. Schumacher's Batman movies, but um, they don't exist to me, honestly. I just. I just I'm, no. I'm 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 right. i'm genuinely excited to see keaton back as batman in the in the flash movie though that's like you know i i always i always thought he oh, was yeah. like you know maybe maybe the best bruce wayne like i don't know you know it, he's I, I really like affleck even though he was in kind of bad movies but he his you know version of that but uh you know definitely <clears throat> one of the better bruce waynes if not the best one yeah well uh, keaton's keaton's return has been pretty amazing i mean you saw birdman right yeah no i love birdman I lo- he's he's fucking yeah. great that's i mean when we talk about all these you know like disneyfication of movies and then you see a movie like birdland or birdman you're like whoa <laughs> that's a, this is this is a real adult movie <laughs> right um, like yeah commenting on the fucking complete saturation of, of right you know, superhero right movies and, and uh fucking <laughs> Tyler Durden, uh, Ed Norton. Basically. Ed Norton's great. Ed Norton movie. playing himself is fucking scary, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because because that's actually like the rap on Ed Norton is he's like notoriously difficult. You know, if you're like somebody who's trying to give him direction on a set, like he's just very, he has oh, very he, specific it's like ideas. He just wants to make everyone's life a living hell and right. be a creepy fucking asshole. And you like just barely identify with him on some level, and, and he's just you know everyone is great in that film. But yeah, I mean Keaton, did you watch the McDonald's movie? 
that uh oh, yeah like, that was really good the founder that was good oh yeah and there's like nothing redeeming about him you hate every there's nothing there's nothing likable about this person and he about Ray Kroc, yeah. destroys everyone's lives around him just to make like the shittiest fucking food product that's destroyed millions of people's lives and you get to the end and you're just bereft and you're like wow that was uh the opposite of entertainment <laughs> right these two poor fucking people who started this great little like mom and pop you know burger chain that he just completely comes in there and snake oils his way into you right. know ousting them and stealing their idea and fuck, just, yeah you know gets out of tape measure and like here's how we're going to rearrange things to turn human <laughs> right. beings into a into a fucking assembly line right awful um <laughs> yeah. all right people. well yeah great great performance though great he's yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy like he's one of the guys i'm most happiest for that he got a, like a late career you know renaissance because yeah. he he was always great and he just kind of had that weird thing that some actors get where they have like a big real big like you know like period of success and then it kind of just like mm. disappear and then you know sometimes they get the the, the the robert downey you know redemption but uh it's good yeah. to see that he so got speaking that. of great performances um we had another clip here i wanted to play of yeah, somebody let's... who uh, weighed in on on the conflict in Ukraine between Russia and Ukraine, and if you thought that the Gal Gadot uh, Imagine video was oh, cringe, God. you've you you have not seen anything yet because this uh, what what is her name? Uh, Anna Anna Lynn McCord. McCord. Yeah, I'm not even sure who she is. She seems to be a, a professional like uh, like instagram like fake, fake activists like yeah and, you know i i've got a fucking 2400 square foot condo in la and i make videos and i can you know just say the dumbest shit possible so let's uh let's roll this and try not to throw up yeah dear president vladimir putin i'm so sorry that i was not your mother if i was your mother you would have been so loved held in the arms of joyous light Never would the story's plight, the world unfurled before our eyes, a pure demise of nations sitting peaceful under a night sky. If I was your mother, the world would have been warm. So much laughter and joy and nothing would harm. I can't imagine the stain, the soul-stealing pain that the little boy you must have seen and believed and the formulation of thought quickly taught that you lived in a cruel, unjust world. Is this why you now decide no one will get the best of you? Is this why you do not hide nor away shy from taking back the world? It was it because so early in life, all that strife wrapped your little body with fear. If I was your mother, if the, the world was cold, I'd have died to make you warm. I'd have died to protect you from the unjust, the violence, the terror, the uncertainty. I would have died to give you life. What the fuck oh, is she talking Mr. about? President <laughs> if only I'd been your mother. Oh my Perhaps God. the torture of unwritten youth would not within your heart imbue a script to such fealty against that world that you thought was so cruel. That world. <laughs> Perhaps you would hold dear human life, and on this night, instead of Mother Russia, you would call me, and I would set your mind quite free with the love that only a mother can give, and only a mother can take away. Whoa. <laughs> holds, she doesn't harm at bay and leaves her boy for the promise of a man. Whatever your story, Mr. President Putin, I can't imagine how it feels in your heart, but I know if I was your mother, I would be a start. Towards the awareness 
of what a powerful being of light you could be if oh your mind God. was only free I, I, from I, the I, violence you see when you were just two or three. I cannot believe uh, I was born too late <laughs> in a different place when I would have loved you so. Watched you play wherever you go. She fucking, I, is, I, is that I, it? Is that all of it? Yeah, it cut, that, it cut off there. Thank this God. Is, um, this, like, this came out like the day after russia invaded and that was that was two minutes and 20 seconds long and she's not reading it she had this all of this memorized in her head within 24 hours the cia is not sending their best folks this this is my god i mean and then she did a she fucking tweeted out a clip from a podcast she did where she admitted that it was cringe but like really it, it was it was all about just trying trying to send positive vibes. Like, really, the, the fucking decades of geopolitical conflict can be just boiled down to vibes, I guess, when you're a fucking Instagram influencer. Oh, my God. Did you see that that, that picture? I've never even heard of this person before, but somebody posted a picture of her in uh, Israel in 2012, like, wearing, like, a... Yeah, at a, at a fucking Israeli naval base saluting and, like, wearing a fucking military helmet. Making, like, a, just one of those really dramatic, like... Oh yeah, I'm right there with you. Like with her fist up in the air, faces like it, it's just complete Gal Gadot energy oh, with that God. shit. Just Ugh. you know, like every Vomit. everything, every problem can be solved with just good vibes. Um, but also, uh, Palestine doesn't exist. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> not at all. Which you know, I, I, I'm assuming any day now we're going to be sending in uh, aid and and munitions to Palestine since they're you know facing an occupying uh, invading army. That's totally, totally different. That's totally, totally different. different. Totally different because we 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 were the ones behind that that invasion and occupation. Yeah, there's a one of the editors of um, Electronic Intifada uh, lives here in Chicago and follows me and has to like limit who can reply to her on her tweets because anytime she tweets something, she'll get just completely swarmed by fucking Zionists. And she had a tweet saying like, you know, if you're if you're cheering for this Ukrainian resistance. Um, why aren't you cheering for the resistance being waged by Hamas and Hezbollah? And I retweeted that and I replied like this a thousand times this. <laughs> and it it went viral. It got like retweeted, I think, over a thousand times. And uh, the Times of Israel wrote a whole article about that one tweet. And wow. so she got just absolutely fucking attacked. So understandably why she doesn't uh, allow anyone to just anyone to uh, reply to her tweets. But yeah, it's just like the, the, the mental gymnastics there is hilarious that we are rooting for Ukraine (sighs) to do something that we would never, ever, ever root for brown people under a occupation to do. Nope. No, no, never. Um, Before we get out of here, you want to play that? We have one other clip that was a, uh, Maybe a yeah. response, a response from uh, somebody that, that that works over at Barstool, one of the one of the few female uh, individuals that works over at Barstool Sports, uh, as, as a, a response to that video. Yeah. So she's probably a right winger, but this was this was right, kind of kind of funny. <laughs> but I think libs and conservatives could come together uh, in unison to dunk on this moron. So let's uh, yeah. let's play this clip. Dear President Vladimir Putin, I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. You would get so many raspberries after your bath. Real funny ones on your little Putin belly. You'd laugh so much you'd shake like a bowl of Putin jelly. If I had been your mother, I'd let you stay up late to watch 90 Day Fiancé. You wouldn't understand it, but we'd have fun anyway. 
If I were your mother, I would rely upon you heavily for likes on Instagram before you were uh, evil, which would build your self-esteem. And you'd say, I like myself the way I am. <clears throat> if I were your mother, you wouldn't have to invade Ukraine. Instead, we'd splash in puddles in the driveway in the rain. <laughs> Perhaps it's not too late. We can spare the world such pain. Come over and bake cookies. We'll use up all the sugar cane. <clears throat> it's not too late. <laughs> I, I love how, like, folksy and earnest she is in her delivery of it. <laughs> That's like, great. Almost the total opposite of, like, the breathy, you know, hyper dramatic. <laughs> rehearsed, but not it. also, like, right off the top of the head, but also extremely rehearsed because nothing that person says is real. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. It, My God. Just, yeah a good a good rebuttal there uh to say the least yeah just all the all the stupid ways that people try to project their you know it's it's basically virtue signaling but done in such a fucking a way that it just they're only just broadcasting their own ignorance of history you know and and world events and what's really going on and it's not hard to like look this shit up like i'm i'm not a fucking expert on the history of Eastern Europe, Europe politics, but it's like, Hey, I can watch an hour long lecture by a guy who is an expert and I can learn a little bit, or I can read an article written by people who are experts and learn a little bit before I get on fucking the internet and start broadcasting my dumbass opinions to my fucking thousands of tens of thousands of followers, which I don't actually have. Uh, you know, it, it's just in it's, and it's all done in the service of ultimately not resolving the conflict it's all done the service of just painting one side is good and one side is evil which is virtually never the case <laughs> um but yeah i wanted to uh just to, to wrap up what i had here um you know as far as like all these fucking crazy people saying crazy shit without any thought to um historical context or anything i wanted to share uh probably the the most um reasonable response i've i've seen to uh this conflict in ukraine was the official press release put out by um china by china who is uh buddies with russia and i would argue that uh, their their newfound alliance or rekindled alliance is a you know maybe a factor in russia feeling like they can finally have the uh breathing room <laughs> yeah sounds bad when you say it like that uh to to you know push back against nato so China, um, I mean, just, co- just compare what China said compared to anything that you've heard from Western media pundits in the last week. China's foreign minister Wang Yi outlined Beijing's position on Ukraine in five points. One, China firmly advocates abiding by the UN Charter and respecting the territorial integrity of all countries, including Ukraine. So that's basically they're saying, like, we don't necessarily agree with invading uh, on Russia's part. Two, the security of one country cannot be strengthened at the expense of another. And Russia is justified to have concerns about five rounds of NATO expansion. Three, China believes all parties should exercise restraint and protect civilian life and protect property to prevent a large-scale humanitarian crisis. Four, China supports direct dialogue and negotiation between Russia and Ukraine as soon as possible and believes Ukraine should be a bridge between the East and West, not a frontier of great power confrontation. And five, the UN Security Council should be used to facilitate a diplomatic solution and cool tensions rather than fuel them. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's way more measured than anything uh, you'll ever hear out of us. Um, and, and I read that, and I'm like, they sound like totally reasonable people, but I'm being told daily that they're the evil ones, that they're the enemy, and right. that they're trying. That you know, we have to blow all of our money on war because of those guys, and that I can't have healthcare because we have to build more aircraft carriers because of that country, like. You know, it's it's the it's that moment from Mitchell and Webb where you're just like, are we the baddies? Like, yes, <laughs> right. we are the baddies. We're the ones trying to fight wars with countries that are completely fucking reasonable to a large degree uh, and have very little imperialistic tendencies, I would argue, um, compared, you know, relative to us who are constantly at war. We've been at war for all of. You know, out of 250 years, we've been not at war for four of those years, right? right. So we don't have any fucking right to to call any other country imperialist in comparison to us, right? Right, of course. But you know, we're gonna anyway. Um, just <laughs> just real quick to wrap, uh, something uh, hilarious apparently was just said because uh, I noticed Kirk Cobain was trending on Twitter, so I was like, oh, I wonder why. Um, Apparently, Ben Shapiro on his podcast said, uh, Joe Biden is the Kurt Cobain of politics. He put a shotgun in the mouth of the American body politic and then pulled the trigger and brains are on the wall. Um, I don't know what that's in reference to. Uh, what? Uh, what uh, like, uh, I, I can't believe people think he's like a smart person. Like, I don't understand like how anyone thinks he uh, is intelligent or that he doesn't just make shit up out of you know, like what? What 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 is the right wing's opposition to what Biden is doing in Ukraine right now? He's doing nothing but stoke fucking tensions. Like, what is what would they like to him to do beyond this? I what, guess. What does I he even mean Trump. by the by the body politic? Like, is he referring to this to the State of the Union speech? I guess, but it has no. It doesn't make any sense. He, again, he think he uses big words and, and phrases, so people think he's smart, but he's really. <laughs> A fucking idiot um but you know just the kurt cobain of policy yeah <laughs> god so, i don't know words have no meaning when they come out of that little fucking munchkin's then. mouth yeah um what his poor wife bag. his poor dry wife <laughs> oh man all right well on that note uh i think that wraps us up for today but uh yeah you know uh go share around the podcast uh follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left facebook.com slash move left idiots uh patreon.com slash move left i am on twitter at move underscore left yo and i'm on twitter at bike slutty yeah we'll see you next week
in the USSR.